On today's Locked On Texan podcast, Jay Stevens of the Locked On Buckeyes stops by the show talking the Buckeyes in the 2023 NFL Draft. And, of course, we got to talk about the reports and rumors that C.J. Stroud isn't coachable and it's hard to be around. To tie it all in, we want to develop a great team here that we can deliver wins to the city of Houston. We want to deliver a championship here to the city of Houston, and that's what it, that's what it'll be about. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Friday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. If you have ever dreamed of becoming an NFL general manager and managing your own football franchise, this game is for you. Download the game right now by visiting ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code LOCKED ON in all caps. I'm John Hickman. Of course, I'm joined by Sports Illustrated's own Texan and Rocket credential media member, Cody Davis, a lot is going on. We got to continue to talk about the mess surrounding the nonsense, the nonsense, the back to nonsense and foolishness. <laughs> That's where we at right now. Got to talk about that. We will, but it is still draft time. We are still two weeks away from the NFL draft, and whether the Texans draft CJ Stroud, whether they go out there and, and draft my man, who I think is the best receiver in this draft. JSN, Zach Harrison, and the namesake, if I could call him a claim of as my brother, my cousin, mm. Ronnie Hickman. There are a lot of players coming out of Ohio State. Of course, Paris as well, the tackle who's a monster. Coming out of Ohio State, the Buckeyes. And who better to talk about the Buckeyes than my man Jay Stevens of the Locked On Buckeyes podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. What's mm. up, family? What's up, y'all? How you guys doing? Doing great. Well, uh, I will be doing better if it wasn't for the shenanigans. Another adjective I thought I could throw away, but you yeah. know, things never stop here in the city of Houston. <laughs> What's funny about this is so my man Jay Stevens, follow him on Twitter at JStevens07. He covers the Buckeyes. He lives in Indiana. He's a Colts fan. So with him coming on the show right now, helping us out, I'm pretty sure there's a, a you know some dark in him and like laughing, like yeah, y'all go ahead and mess it up, so we can get who we want at quarterback, mm-hmm. man. But welcome to the Locked On Texas podcast. I'm happy to be here with you guys, and yeah, uh, if y'all go ahead and mess things up, help the Colts out, I'll be really happy to uh, be a Colts fan once again. Uh, but then again, Chris Ballard, Colts GM, I have lost trust in him, faith in him. So if y'all mess things up, there's a good chance the Colts will mess things up as well. Damn. <laughs> that is so where we are right now, man. Let's go to the collegiate ranks, right? So, CJ Stroud, Jackson Smith, Njigba, Zach Harrison, Paris, Ronnie Hickman. With this group of guys coming out, man, I, I want to ask you about JSN. What makes him the best wide receiver prospect, in my opinion, my humble opinion? in this draft when he didn't play majority of the season, only three games, nursing that hamstring injury. But when you look around the league, when you hear around the league, he's better than Olave. He's better than Gary. 
one of the best receivers I've ever coached, right? What is it about him that for Texan fans, the possibility of trading into the top 10 to go grab him isn't a bad idea? So I wouldn't just say that it's around the league or even people that are just in NFL teams that are saying and Jake was better than Alave or Garrett Wilson. Brian Hartline himself was on a podcast and even discussed the top five receivers he's ever coached and put in Jigba above the rest of them. You know Brian Hartline's been at Ohio State, I believe, since 2017 as a receivers coach or in that receivers room. And he's saying that this cat who broke records in 2021, just lit the world up, Bros Bowl, FBS records and all this stuff, that he is the guy that's the best receiver he's ever coached. And Jigba is a guy, if you want to show, I, I'll put it this way. If you want a sure-handed wide receiver, guy who can just catch the ball, has strong hands, that's Jackson Smith and Jigba. If you want a guy who's shifty and crafty and understands the nuances of route running, that's in Jigba. If you want someone that's great pre-snap as far as reading what the defense is doing, post-snap, understanding how to get into the holes of the zone and to catch the ball in tough areas, that's in Jigba. If you want a guy who can catch the ball and get upfield for that yak yardage, that's in Jigba as well. So, He's almost a total package. I don't know how much of an outside receiver he'll be in the NFL. I think if he is an outside receiver, you still want to put him in motion and movement um, pre-snap to get him and utilize all of his uh, skill set. You may want to knock him for not having the top-end speed. I do not. I watched this cat in 2021. He was special. Over 90 receptions, over 1,600 receiving yards, two games where he had 50 receptions in each game. I mean – Talk about a dog, a guy who has a dog mentality or who is simply a dog on the field. That's Jackson Smith and Jigba. Jay, I want to take away from all of the primary prospects a lot of people are talking about. And I want to ask you about Teron Vincent. This is a guy who seems like he is one of the best um, run defensive stoppers on the defensive side of the ball in terms of prospects coming out of this year's draft. As you already know, the Houston Texans have been God awful at stopping the run over the last couple of seasons. Um, how much do you think Vincent could be a steal in the draft if the Houston Texans can draft him somewhere in the mid to late late rounds of the draft? Probably more of a late round guy, guy that's probably just one dimensional, a run stopper. That's Teron Vincent, a guy who's been around Buckeye the program for a really long time. So he's a Buckeye. He knows what real good football. Um, is he knows what it takes to play elite football. And so I do think more since he's more of a uh, one-trick pony, he's going to be more of a guy who is in the later rounds, which isn't a problem. Those cats get paid. Those guys can turn into being guys that get multiple contracts or are journeyman in the NFL and play five, six, seven, eight years in the National Football League because they excel at the things they're good at. So when it comes to a team that needs a run stopper in the Texans, Teron Vincent is a good option. And if you get him late, and I wouldn't go too early for him, but if you get him later, that'd be a great option for the team that needs a lot of help in that area. Let's mm -hmm. let's stay with the late round guys, man. Ronnie mm -hmm. Hickman, man. And, and again, he's a guy that when he's good, he's good. When he's having issues, it's visible that he's having issues. But last year, played 15 snaps around the D-line, 164 in the, in the slot. 379 in the box, 203 in, in, in as a deep safety. The last two seasons, man, he's been hovering around that box in deep safety, but he's been very effective when he's down around that box area, 
I think that when I look at him as a prospect, you know, I could see him being available five, six, or fifth or sixth round, but I don't expect for him to come in and be a starter day one. Wouldn't want him to be a starter day one. But if we can convince the Texan fans, right, what are some of the things that we know Ronnie Hickman does a great job at? What are some of his areas that he needs to improve at in the NFL level? If you get that man in the box and you're yeah. saying, look, figure things out here, stop the run, use what you're good at, and you don't put him in space, you're getting a good football player. We talk about a one-trick pony in Teron Vincent. I think Ronnie Hickman's kind of more of a one-trick pony because when he tries to get outside of himself, buddy, he's not the best in space at all. And so if you think about a late-round guy, Teron Vincent's a great option. Ronnie Hickman is as well. But also, I would kind of pump the brakes on anything or in the mid-round for um, Ronnie Hickman because I think when in the areas he's limited at, he's really limited. And right. I think that his decision to not do certain things at Ohio State's Pro Day and the Combine – I think that I, – now, I'm always say, hey, go out and work out, do all the things, like, not a big deal. Some guys, like Stroud, did not need to throw at the pro day or, or the combine. Like, we all know what Stroud can do. I think Ronnie Hickman could have utilized that time to say, hey, I know we're going to do a lot of open space drills, turning of the hips, things that I wasn't good at in college at the combine or the pro day. I can show you that I'm working on them. I may not be the best at it, but, I'm, but I am working on them. He chose to not do those things, and so I think – the things that he was not good at at Ohio State, they're not improved enough to do them now. And so I would question teams, say, hey, I want Hickman in the fifth round. I would question and ask why. There are things that I think he's not good at that he knows he's not good at, which is why he's not doing it on those big stages. So Hickman's hmm. a guy. He's a good player. I mean, he led Ohio State in tackling, I believe, in 2021. Like, he's not somebody who is not good at certain things on the football field. But with it being the field being open, and you need to be able to cover very, very well. That's not Hickman's skill set. So he's limited, and I would kind of pause a little bit on uh, Hickman uh, being drafted um, fifth round, fourth round th in the, in that area. You know what you saying that he kind of well, based off of what you just described, and watching the, some of the film on him, it reminds me of the knock uh, the knock that Taylor Mays had on him back in the day from USC, like. He can hit, he can tackle, he, you know, he can make some plays when he's down in the box. But yeah, yeah. At that point in the NFL was totally different from uh -huh. the versatility that we see now, uh -huh. which is why we look at Houston guys, ladies and gentlemen, our viewers on YouTube and our listeners at home, we look at Houston, they just signed Jimmy Ward, right? Jimmy Ward, I think, would pair well with Jalen Petrie. But he's on a one-year deal. I am curious as to how Houston, and I think that it will come later in the draft, because I believe that there's talent there. Like, I like Jay Ward. Um, I like Marte, Marte from Sacramento. But there's talent there that you can stash away for a season or two. Don't need to expect for them to come in and play majority of the snaps. But with your description, like, that reminds me of the issue with Taylor Mays. I think what's working in Ronnie Hickman's favor right now, which is why I would like him for one, for Houston, D'Amico Ryans. But he is kind of versatile and good at the things he's very good at. The limitations are there. The limitations are 100% strong, Jay, but sixth round. And Houston has three six-rounders as of right now. Why not take a risk on them? Yeah, I, I think that sixth round is like kind of like the ideal spot. I think fifth round get a, is a tad too early. Definitely fourth round. I'm like, y'all y'all and y'all um, scouting department need to kind of rehash some things and revamp mm -hmm. things because that don't make sense. 
But sixth round, if you get him in seventh round, that's just like, oh, cool. Um, you want to draft a guy who's probably going to be an undrafted free agent. But sixth round to me is probably a really good spot for a guy like like Kick because we're not talking about a guy who's not good on the football field. They can't do good things out there. Me saying he's not good in space doesn't mean I'm saying that he didn't do amazing things as a leader and a football player and a starter for the Buckeyes. So I understand how football has changed even in the past five years, not going back 15, 20, 25, 30, even the past five years, football has changed and will continue to change. I think the present day of football isn't the kind of football that um, Ronnie Hookman can play and hide the things he's not good at. Man, fun yeah. fact, I actually do have a cousin here in Houston <laughs> by the name of Ronnie Hickman. So, oh, here we go. I, I know that may sound like a here lie, ladies go. and gentlemen, but I am not making this up. I have a cousin by the name of Ronnie Hickman. We got more Jay Stevens coming up. Guys, there's no way we're having today's show without talking about CJ Stroud. But first, Zach Harrison. And I want to talk to you about him as well as a prospect. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard us talk a lot about the mobile app game, and you also saw the Locked On Texans or Locked On League, excuse me. You also saw the Locked On League champion on the show the other day with Chris Carter, right, from the Locked On Steelers. But the best thing about this game, ladies and gentlemen, is it's fun, right? And a lot of times we talk about the job Nick Casario is doing, the jobs that Chris Ballard is doing. We talk about a lot of these GMs that's not doing a good job, but this is the opportunity to see if you are able to do a good job and take your team to a dynasty. You hire the right coaches and coordinators. You manage all of the financials, all of the negotiating player contracts and terms. You navigate your franchise through free agency, the draft injuries, player personnel issues, and all of the ups and downs of a season. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free, playable offline, play on the go, as you want, when you want to. Our Locked On Texan listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code LOCKED ON in all caps in the game store. That's LOCKED ON in all caps, so make sure you check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. Welcome back in, Locked On Texan listeners and viewers out there in the YouTube world. Make sure you are subscribed to the Locked On Texan podcast on YouTube. Also, while you're on YouTube, make sure you check out and subscribe to the Locked On Buckeyes on all of the major podcasting platforms and YouTube as well. Zach Harrison, Cody, what's going on with that, man, for the Houston Texans? Cody wants mm. to talk about Zach Harrison. Jay, my man, going to give us some insight. Another late rounder, maybe. We'll, we'll see how that plays out and, and how he will fit. In your draft boards and draft rounds. Cody, what you got? Yeah, Jay, I wanted to ask you about your evaluation on Zach Harrison because that is a guy that I had circle as a potential prospect for the Houston Texans to improve their defensive line, which if they go Will Anderson too, I don't really think that he'll be a, a, a primary prospect now, but that's another topic we're going to get into in a little bit. But just what's your evaluation on Zach? Because he seems like a guy who has a lot of potential, and if you pair him with the right coach, and that right coach could possibly be D'Amico Ryans, you could probably get the best version out of him here in the city of Houston. Zach Harrison's one that we take away the high school recruiting rankings, which I have to deal with a lot, um, 247 Sports, Rivals, ESPN.com, on three and people falling in love with the stars. If you take those stars away, how he was looked at coming out of high school, and just view him as a football player, 
you would see a guy who played good football, but at times didn't put it all together. But also you see a guy who can be a solid piece for any NFL team. Probably more of an NFL journeyman, probably three, hmm. four teams. Uh, and I kind of do view him like I view a form. Now, Harrison's better than Jonathan Cooper. I believe he got drafted from the Broncos. But Jonathan Cooper coming out, I wasn't really high on because I was I didn't understand and see the right way to view him at the next level because he really wasn't a star, really wasn't a consistent guy for the Buckeyes, a leader, but at times was not the guy you want at defensive end. But he got to the team, got to a good situation, and Jonathan Cooper has made a name for himself. And I hear good things about him coming out of, for the Denver Broncos. Very similar with Zach Harrison, but Zach Harrison's better. Zach Harrison on the end, on the edge, he's long, he's tall, he's uh, got the got the weight up as well. So better, heavier, longer, uh, better player to me than Jonathan Cooper. If you want a guy who's going to be a consistent sack guy, I don't think that's Zach Harrison. He can occasionally get there, uh, occasionally. And I'm using that loosely because he doesn't consistently get there. He can occasionally get to the quarterback, but he's someone we saw play a little D tackle for Ohio State, a lot more D end, and was a great leader for the Buckeyes. So he has a length. He has the um, skill set to do some good things. But I'm not saying, hey, Zach Harrison, round two, round three, we're going to draft you. I think that's too early. Round four, round five, no later than six. Probably fifth or sixth round is where I think that Zach Harrison will go in this draft. And he, he I think he'll be on the roster at the beginning of the season. But he's going to have to fight for a starting spot. Because coming out, he's not viewed the same way people in Ohio State thought he was going to play based off how he was recruited and um, things coming out of high school. Yeah, he also has those long arms that, you know, he's not necessarily, I don't think so, a pure pass rusher. No. His long arms helps him get to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that he does a good job of setting the edge, but yes. not necessarily dominating the edge. And so, and I could be wrong in my analysis of that. You know, the games I watched him didn't necessarily pop off. Right. And 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 Ohio State, I may be spoiled in the last what four to five years have had some dogs at the edge position. So you know he didn't necessarily pop off like the other guys did. But I can see a scenario, not only just for the Texans, but for a team that has some pieces already in place. Maybe, you know, he can come in, Harrison, and in a couple of games, get on the field, fit the six-round pick maybe. We got to talk about the noise, nonsense, shenanigans, BS. uh, (laughs) I've been waiting for this, y'all. I I can keep going. And, and again, now we have to take off the college hat and then put on a this is a coach fan that we're talking to, right? But (laughs) the noise surrounding C.J. Stroud. You have seen this young man play meaningful, great football for the past two seasons. Ryan Day has been there, Ohio State. Um, we are hearing that didn't do well on the S2 test, right? And I don't like those type of t- – like, what does it take to you? But we're also hearing that he has been difficult to coach. He isn't a easy quarterback, easy guy to be around. And your experience covering the Buckeyes, how true is that? Oh, man, man, man. I don't like when these things come out less than a month before the draft or a couple weeks before the draft and the team's trying to get some things out there to kind of push people away or derail people's thought processes from going away to Stroud. I never heard or thought anything about Stroud being a hard person to coach. 
I never heard or even thought that Stroud was not a good young man. I never once thought that at all. Um, I don't know why people do this, and it seems weird because you're thinking about like, hey, what's one thing that Stroud could do more? Run the football. Does he? Should he do it consistently? No, but should he do it more? Yes, but we haven't heard that lately. Like people are saying, oh, he can. He saw it against Georgia, so we know he, he can move a little bit. They're finding something that I don't think even – the people, Exist. yeah, I don't think it exists at all. I don't, I do not think that. I'm not going to sit here and say Stroud is like the perfect human being, or he is a guy that that's flawless. He does have flaws, but to say that he's hard to coach, like one, who are you getting that to, getting that from, or two, if you're making it up, stop, just stop, <laughs> stop, don't embarrass yourself anymore. Yeah, and this is around the time that we get a lot of these smoke and mirrors and and smoke screens in the NFL draft. But I think Stroud really came into the spotlight last season. And you hear the stories of how he was brought up and uh, how important it is for him to take the NIL money. He was on uh, not all of the smoke podcast pivot, the pivot. Yeah. And talked about how he took the money and helped pay for some guys and, and, you know, lunch and stuff like that with his, with his money looking out for other players so I look at this report and I honestly say to myself, stop the BS. Stop it. Don't lay, don't put that label on him. The label that you probably should put on him is the things that you may like another quarterback for. But to add that next to him, I think is unfair to a young man coming out trying to, you know, change his life with being drafted in the NFL. Yeah, it's it's just dumb. Like, I'm trying to be very nice now after getting some thoughts off my chest. I'm trying to be nice in, in this stuff, but why? Just, like, if you're that kind of person to kind of make stuff up, why do it? Just only speak the truth. Ryan Day, I will say this, though. Ryan Day generally tries to shield those guys who are occasionally problem children. There were a couple guys, uh, at least one guy, well, I think a couple years ago, maybe last year, that – let they quit the team in the middle of a game. Now, those that cover the team that are there in Columbus, they heard about some things that were of a disgruntled player, how he could be kind of a bad apple, whatever. I don't really believe Ryan Avery spoke negatively about him. He kind of keeps that stuff in-house. So you may be saying, Jay, like, maybe you're missing the mark. Maybe. But I don't think I am. Like, I truly don't believe Stroud is that hard of a guy to coach. If he was, I think that the offense – especially during its dull moments, would have looked a whole lot worse because you would have had old linemen, receivers, like, hey, bro, what's going on? Like, we know you better than this. What's going on? So I, 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 I don't like stuff like this at all. Like, just keep it to yourself. Don't make it up. Keep those thoughts in your head. Jay, really quick, before um, we let you go, when you take a look at CJ and you compare him to Bryce Young, this is a two-part question. One, what do you think the talent gap between those two and two, if the Houston Texans do not pat, and I'm asking you as the reporter, not the Colts fan, but if the Houston Texans do not have C to go another direction, how much of a miss do you think that would be for this organization? So the first one, I think the talent gap between Stroud and Bryce Young is pretty close. Like it's literally, um, it's way closer than it is Stroud to Will Levis or Stroud to mm-hmm. Anthony Richardson. Or any of the other any of the other quarterbacks um, that are available, that are in the draft. Even like you go, go back to Stroud's last game, Stroud is clearly the better quarterback over Stetson Bennett. 
I guess not a question at all, like better talented guy. So it's the same thing, like when it comes to Stroud and Bryce Young, I think Stroud is really, really close to him. I put it this way. When I see them two, them two play the football, Bryce Young looks better playing quarterback than C.J. Stroud does. And that's how I kind of have to analyze, and I don't want to get too deep into it, but when I watch Alabama and Bryce Young, when I watch C.J. Stroud and Ohio State, for some reason, consistently, Bryce Young looks better at the football than C.J. Stroud does. And now, if the Texans were to not – let's just say, hypothetically speaking, Bryce Young goes one to the Panthers. C.J. Stroud's available. Will Anderson Jr. is available. Um, Will Levis is available. Peter Skaronsky, another guy out there. Um, mm-hmm. Eric Johnson Jr., another Buckeye. Um, let's say all those guys are available. And the Texans go Will Anderson Jr. instead of C.J. Stroud? That would be a weird, weird thing to do. Now, I think Will Anderson Jr. is a better football player, better player overall, higher on boards than Stroud is. But for a team like the Texans that needs a quarterback, somebody (laughs) solid that can come in and make all the throws, to come in and say, ooh, no, we don't want to – it would just be a move that sounds like a Houston Texans move. Damn. So I Mm, think mm, – it's not so much passing on a Buckeye quarterback as some say, ooh, you need to go ahead and pass on that guy. He's an Ohio State quarterback. I don't go that route. I think Stroud's arm talent, his ability to make all the throws and make it look easy consistently is a big reason why the Texans need to draft him if he's available. You guys have it. At number two, if Bryce isn't there, who I think a lot of people are okay with saying he's the better quarterback, I'm one of those guys. Mm -hmm. Take CJ. My man, Paris. Paris. Jay Stevens from Locked On <laughs> Buckeyes, man. Once again, where can everybody find you on Twitter, all of your work, and of course the Locked On Buckeyes show? Guys, I appreciate you guys having me on. You can follow me on Twitter at JStevens07. You can listen or watch Locked On Buckeyes on the YouTube or any of your podcast listening platforms. It is free and available on all platforms. And also the Jay Stevens podcast, that's my general sports podcast where I can get my opinions off. And um, it comes out once a week and uh, kind of just um, getting into a time of year where I like to highlight different people. And uh, once we get into the month of May, be a series of highlighting of the individuals there on the podcast. Hey, welcome back in, guys. Thanks for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Now make your second listen. Locked On NFL Scouting with the draft dudes from free agency to the draft salary cap management and much more. Join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, along with this show, we're going to put out a Locked On Texans Extra. I think this is our first one, right? And the reason why this idea came yeah, about I think is because so. after the conversation we had with Jay Stevens, Cody had another question that he wanted to ask. And that was getting more in-depth into C.J. Stroud and the rest of the Ohio State quarterbacks, right? And so mm-hmm. some very interesting conversation and, and content came out of that. And it makes sense why after his visit, which was last week, we started to hear about, and I got confirmation that he did not do well on his S2 scores. Mm-hmm. That is the test that kind of go through what are you going to do under certain situation tests. And what Jay Stevens said was, 
And please, guys, check it out because it's got a lot of great content. C.J. Stroud can kind of crumble under pressure. And I don't think that bodes well with D'Amico Ryans and or Nick Casario, who we are hearing likes Will Levis. Also got that confirmation as well from a source. And so when we look at C.J. Stroud, Cody, one thing that I thought was funny, and I mentioned this on yesterday's show, a week after this, we're hearing that, oh, (laughs) Will Levis came in. I don't know Will Levis, which he did, but Will Anderson came in and apparently flawless scores. CJ Stroud came in the very next week, not even seven days, I don't believe. We are hearing that the Texans don't have him as their top choice, and Will Anderson is the top choice if Bryce Young is gone. A lot of these things are making sense, ladies and gentlemen. There's mm-hmm. so much more Cody and I would love to get into. Sometimes we have to sit back and wait once we receive information. But when we look at who's QB, QB2 now, because the foregoing thought is, which rightfully so, QB1 is Bryce Young. And I've said on this show multiple times, the only reason why I don't have him, you know, a part of the generational Trevor Lawrence's, the Joe Burrows, only because of what I saw with Tua Tagovailoa last season. And that height does worry me. But he's a different player. And now when we look at QB2, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, and understanding what the ramifications of the S2 score did for C.J. Stroud. And once again, make sure you check out the Locked On Texan Extra. Like how that sounds. It makes <laughs> sense. It does make sense. It does, John. But is and... it worth Yes and no. Don't I will say no. yes because no, 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 no. I'm not changing. I still think that you go with CJ if he's there at number two because he's the second best quarterback in this class. You heard Jay say it, it's not that much of a talent gap between him and Bryce Young. By the way, Bryce Young scored like the highest all times or something like that, or the second highest all time on this S2 test, but. I know some people don't like looking at scores, test scores and stuff like that. A lot of people like you, John, like myself, like a lot of people that's going to listen to and enjoy this show. They just say stick to the tape, stick to what you know, and the tape shows the talent of CJ. However, John, and maybe this is something that D'Amico Ryan's is looking at. Once again, how many times we came on this show and talked about one score losses? with this organization when i take that into consideration and now we're starting to 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 hear how cj might crack under pressure and all this other good stuff or terrible stuff actually bad stuff stuff. now i'm starting to get the sense and putting two to two together and say you know what maybe this is the reason why CJ has fallen, potentially has fallen off the Texans draft board. Yeah, and so two weeks ago, Cody and I did the show, should the Houston Texans draft Will Anderson Jr. instead of quarterback at number two? Mm -hmm. During that show, there was something that I said I want to bring up and remind our listeners out there, and that is, I kind of joked about it on Twitter, D'Amico Ryans can afford to draft Will Anderson at two. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, why am I here in the first place? The general manager who precedes me messed it up twice. And if he sees fit that Will Anderson 
is the guy that is going to make his defense go, be a part of that swarm defense, that type of defense that D'Amico Ryans has been preaching since he got to Houston. And we we start this show off every time now. With, and what we're going to do is build a great team. <laughs> we're going to develop guys. If he believes that Will Anderson is the guy that's going to make his defense go and he would be able to develop a quarterback into what made the San Francisco 49ers very good, that was Jimmy Garoppolo. That was Brock Purdy for a couple of games. That's Trey Lance. Uh, not household names. They were still successful. Part of the reason of that was because of the defense. If D'Amico Ryan says, this is who I believe in, this is who I want, and Nick Casario looks at him and says, man, I can't afford to draft the DN. I'm going to get it wrong. D'Amico is probably looking at him like, I'm kind of banging on that, so you can go get up out of here. I can afford it. Nick can't. And that brings us back to why there could potentially be beef inside of the NRG straight. They are having issues, right? I think there are some issues in terms of where to go, not necessarily just at number two, but I think philosophy-wise in the draft, I'm not banking on the whole draft, but maybe really at two and 12. But this is something that a lot of Texas fans might have to come to grips with, Cody, because if this is what D'Amico wants, who's going to tell him no? He has six years to get it right. Nick Casario, from what we're hearing now and from what we've been told out, you know, outside of this show, he may only have a month. <laughs> Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texan podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter <laughs> at Locked On Texan. Uh, follow us, uh, subscribe on YouTube as well under the name Locked On Texan podcast. We got Miss Shana Quick. Covers the Carolina Panthers on tomorrow's show. And mm -hmm. Carolina and Houston will forever be linked together. Therefore. As always. As always. It's always about a quarterback, too. <laughs> but as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. We are actually going to drop a Saturday installment of Locked On Texans. So, Two weeks before the draft, or less than two weeks now, we got a lot of stuff in store for you guys, so please stick around. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.